This is Twa Teams, one street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast that's obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, Derby delight for the Tangerines, despair for Dundee, and a busy and big week for both of them coming up. Welcome, I'm Tom Duffy, and podcasting with me this week are George Cran. Say hello, George. Hello, George. And back from his holidays, Graham Finnan. Back in the fresh, Tom, and good to see you again. Good to see you back on the show. Aye, uh, I'm a looking younger. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's see. The wonders of modern technology. It's a bit, it's a bit fuzzy there, but no, you are looking a bit younger, actually. Retirement's doing you a world of good. I mean, I have to say, I, I feel nice and young working with a pair of you. <laughs> All right, George, watch it. <laughs> we can get somebody else for next week, George, you know. <laughs> well, I will find someone else. Don't you worry about that. Anyway, I suppose we better get on with the business. It was Derby Day on Sunday, so let's start with the post-mortem. Where did it, where did it all go wrong? George. <laughs> that was like it was your fault. <laughs> <laughs> it was well, it was extremely tight though, wasn't it? It was, it was very little in it. Dundee had a few chances in the first half, started well. United had the better of the second half and then got their goal and then that seemed to be it I, th- I think I enjoyed the game I, 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 you were watching really? on TV when you, I did it was good um, I was hoping there'd be more goals in it but I didn't quite get that but it's I, it, was, it was a wee bit harsh on Dundee I think because they created some chances and, and being bottom of the league is pretty harsh in the way they've been playing but United will feel they deserved it as well so it was one of those where I, I really felt it could have went either way Um it went in United's favour, and United are looking pretty good on the table, actually, now. How did you see it, Bear? Other than through a drunken haze from the stand. <laughs> yeah, well, I managed to, I mean, I know it was a 12 o'clock kickoff, but as ever, you do manage to find a hostility that, that gets its doors open <laughs> at 11 o'clock, even on a Sunday morning in Dundee, and uh, I managed to get a couple of shandies before the game. But first and foremost, it was great to see the derbies back. Yeah. Me. It's, uh, I mean, obviously, it's been a couple of years now. Um, the atmosphere is still... It's still the best game. If you're a supporter, I mean, obviously you want to be on the winning side, and and as a Dundee fan, I was an arse so want to take um, with a result. But still, the best game to be at. And I know the tickets, the price of the tickets, thirty quid ahead. Um, some people were were looking at that, and but you know, were, were a bit disappointed with that. But you, you can see the match to sell out the ground, and the atmosphere before the kickoff was fantastic. I was a TV watcher and it came across as no, it was a really good atmosphere. If, if yeah, I'm, yeah, if I'm being was. totally honest, had it finished nil nil, which I th- I thought it might have done long before uh, the winner came, I was thinking the fans are the stars of this one because mm-hmm. they, they, they kept the atmosphere going for the whole ninety minutes. It was, it was great, and it was great to be part of that. And 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 you know, I think that's important that. We don't lose sight of that in Scottish football. The way you know some clubs are going, and we'll, we'll probably touch on this later in the podcast about away fans not getting into games. I think you need that in football, and certainly the derby, yeah. the derby proved that on Sunday because it was just a, the atmosphere was electric for the teams coming out. Um, the game itself, uh, unfortunately, didn't quite live up to the atmosphere. <laughs> I've got to say it was it was a wee bit a wee bit disappointing, um, and certainly from a Dundee perspective, it was it was a sore one to take losing the game so late on. I, th- I thought. The first half, uh, you know, was was easy peaksy. Lee Griffiths looked as though he was he was up for it with a couple of early chances. Um, 
but then it became a sort of turgid midfield midfield battle. And I was going to say, you and who's not not here this week? You and I uh, finished off last week by saying there's nothing lo- wrong with leaving a bit on a tackle. Yeah. We, sh- <laughs> we, we should have actually. I was wondering, did the two midfields in particular hear us and go, oh, "That was a good idea." We should have maybe added for ten or fifteen minutes. Right. But yeah. they just uh, and there was there was nothing too ferocious, but they just no. kept fouling each other for the whole of the first half, and there was no real float of the game, was there? There was none. There, there, there was none whatsoever. I mean, there was Dundee had a few chances, and United, I think Paul, with a Paul shot came off the post. Towards the interval, Redskins got a touch. It's a great save. I didn't it think was. it at the time, but right, well, fair play. I, I didn't realise at the time as well. Then, but um, yeah, I looked. I mean, it, it looked like it was all set for for a nil nil. And then, to be fair, I've got to say, the start of the second half. I, I mean, I'm not sure was Callum Butcher injured. Was that the reason why he had to go off? He'd been booked, but he limped. He limped off at half time as well. Right. Okay. Okay. I thought they wanted to stop what. Tam was saying about all the fouling and stuff. I think ah, right. they wanted somebody to put their foot in the ball. And the only thing I would say about Callum Butcher is that, the, the, and I don't claim any credit for this start, they made the point on the TV that uh, he'd, he's now been booked in every derby. But from my recollection, he's usually been booked quite early in every derby mm-hmm. and he's very good then at yeah. staying on the park. Yeah. He usually, I've yeah. seen him booked... A lot of times, that's the nature of his game, and he's very valuable to United, partly because he's, he's the physical side. But yeah, uh, I think he, I think it might have been the injury that that forced him off. But only, obviously, only Tam Courts knows that hundred percent. I think you're right. I think he's a smart enough player to know that he can push it to the limit. But once you're on a yellow card, you can't afford to take any more chances with that. But. I- I've got to say the introduction of Dylan Levitt didn't do Dundee any favours because I think United began to get a hold in the middle of the park and, yeah. and looked a wee bit more mobile, whereas Butcher was sitting a wee bit deeper and sitting tight. Levitt was moving across and up, up, up and down the park. And I've got to say, I thought Jean Fuchs was the, was the best player on the park. Uh, he was outstanding in, in the middle of the park and he was he was, he was was getting to the ball quicker than Dundee's two midfielders and, and Byrne and McGee and he, he was able to get the ball moving quickly and then that was then supplying, you know, the likes of, of Leva and who was moving it on to Harks and, and Paul. And you think it dominated that first 20 minutes of yeah. the second half. And I, I was thinking to myself, you know, James McPeak is really, you know, I think you should be looking to change things here because although United weren't really hurting Dundee, they'd had a few shots from distance, they were still had a lot of the possession. And just, you know what it's like as, as a player and as a supporter when your team's not touching the ball you know you start to get really concerned that you know the goal is it's only a matter of time but Dundee did change it and I thought you know when pushing McGowan back into the, in the middle they started to get a hold on the game slightly you know just mm-hmm. and it was just before you know and then they made they made another change you know they took McGowan off which was a wee bit of a surprise for me yeah. and uh, but you know, the, the, the Keep loss, it with United, since this is the United section, you, I mean, you touched on Le- Levitt and, and Fuchs, and I mean, the, the boy Levitt came on and Dundee didn't get a touch in the United box for 20 minutes into the second mm. half. They didn't mm. ask, mm. I, and again, I don't, I don't, that's one of the benefits of having somebody watching it on TV, you get these stats. Uh, but the, the hadn't, it was the 65th minute before Dundee had a touch right. uh, yeah. in the United box in yeah. the second yeah. half. I felt uh, like that. I felt like uh, that watching it. I didn't feel United were hurting Dundee in terms no, of... No, no. Just, just the sheer weight of pressure. I must admit, I was a wee bit surprised when they brought that up just because United United were on top, but it was in terms of in terms of chances, uh, 
it was a nothing game in that period of the second half. But like you say, Levitt and Fuchs, and I was really impressed with the boy Levitt. I think the change they brought was they were rolling the ball 10 yards to guys in a wee bit of space mm. rather than humping it up the park, which yeah, both teams yeah. were, were, were guilty of at times. I have to say, if I was, if I was going to be critical at United, some of, the, some of their free kicks, there was there was fans in Rosehead jumping off their feet trying to catch them, and we'll come on, we'll come on to Dundee, Dundee later. They had they had plenty uh, faults, but it, I mean, I really watching it on TV where you you appreciate the atmosphere, but you don't get the foot, you don't get wrapped up in the game. I have to say, at times, I thought my eyes were going to bleed with, <laughs> with some of the punts up the park, but. And that's not a criticism because I think, in fair, I mean, if you if you want to do an an analysis of a team's faults, don't pick a derby game. No. And it, yeah. it has been a while since a, there was a derby, and you can get wrapped up in it, and it's a hundred mile an hour, and, and 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 boys don't want to make the mistake that cost cost the goal, so they tend to play it long or overhit it at times. So it's that, but it it was a strange game in that there were a lot of good chances, good saves, and near things. But there wasn't a lot of good, you know, clever football in the final yeah. third by either team. I was surprised the halftime change, if it was an injury, then fair enough. But I, I thought they would really miss a big physical presence in the middle of the park with Butcher going off. But as you said, it really seemed to turn the style of the game. Well, I didn't think Levitt was that influential, but he seemed to it seemed to change the whole mindset of United. Get the ball down and start trying to play. And the Dundee, uh, he, he might off be one of these bit. players that you, 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 a start relating to his passing or something like that mm. makes makes you notice him because he doesn't uh-huh. he he doesn't play a defence split splitting pass. But what he was and and there was there was an incident in injury time where he got fouled and he's only twenty and it's his first derby even though he's been at Manchester United but he has played for Wales in a European Championship yeah. and stuff like that and he got up and he just lifted his hand to, I you couldn't see which teammate it was he said it's okay this, they're playing in our hands this is mm-hmm. fine he, he seemed to remain very cool and he he would take a touch and play a simple pass and maybe that was what the game uh, needed yeah I think so I thought I, I was quite impressed with uh, as I say that he didn't he wasn't too flashy they didn't play a lot of passes but it's the whole United's approach changed in the second half and it seemed to really work for them. Tam Courts, big decision with the goalkeeper, big decision mm-hmm. with the young fullback, Kerr Smith. Even a big decision at half time. You know, if it was an injury, whatever whatever the reason for Butcher's substitution, having a having a kid on and then putting a putting a twenty year old on his first derby, he he doesn't seem to shy away from it, does he? No, I think I think uh Tam Courts has answered every question of him so far, and what he has done, he's he's certainly bought himself, and rightly so, he's he's bought himself time, you know, to, to bed into the club now with the results he's had so far this season, the decisions that he's taken, the vast majority of them have been correct, bar a very very poor performance at Petardi, 
at the start of the season. United have been, you know, rock solid at the back as they were last season. And it shouldn't have come as a surprise. They've still got quite a lot of the personnel that they had last season, which was the backbone of their success. You know, the clean sheets that they had last season allowed them to go on and get draws and get victories. And they're continuing that again this year. But Tam Courts is a quietly spoken guy. I don't know him personally, but I've seen him on the TV and he's handled himself really, really well. And he deserves a lot of credit because you just got the feeling, you know, going back a couple of months that, Every everyone, including quite a few Dundee United fans, were just waiting for him to fall so they yeah. could jump on his case and he would have been under serious pressure. But obviously the results he's had, the win against Rangers, the Derby victory, um, the other the success against St Johnston, 10 points in total. You know, they're in the quarterfinals of the Premier Sports Cup. What more can the lad do? And, you know, hats off to him because it, it was a huge step up from where he was in the academy to becoming manager of one of Scotland's top football clubs. Do you, do you think that, um, um, I mean, I read his interview when he was appointed and people were calling, I don't know if it was exactly the word rookie was used to him, but the people were pointing he's an inexperience. And he actually said he was an experienced manager. And a lot of people mocked that because it was with Kelty Hearts when they were still in the juniors or, or, or the Lowland League, whatever. But do you think he's maybe... He was right to point out the number of games he'd had with Kelty Hearts because you, you're still okay, it's not the level and, and, and mm-hmm. you're punished more for mistakes the higher you go. But it's occurred to me that he wants to play a certain style of football and unlike many new young managers, he's easing them into that because he's we we're mentioned Fuchs, we mentioned Butcher, he's got a, he's got a strong defence. He's, he's got a lot of players who are good on the defensive side and he's not just gone well you'll have to you'll have to play this free flow and attacking football that I want to go and I remember uh, years ago I was actually I was in Italy with Dundee when it was announced that Sven Joran Eriksson was um, going to be England manager and I remember him doing an interview and I was, you have time on these trips. So I was, I was reading reading it word for word and somebody said, what style are you going to play? And he basically said, well, I've got my own style. I'm a 4-4-2 manager. But if I've learned one thing as a manager, especially, bizarrely, he said, especially at club level, when you go into a team, you have to play a way that suits the players you have. Mm. You can't just say, that's not my philosophy, will change right now. And it strikes me with Tam Courts that he has, he he wants to play a more positive uh, style, maybe than they played last season, but they're not. He's not getting too carried away too soon. I think they are a bit more positive than they were last season. Oh, definitely. Season. They, create, they create, they don't create a huge amount of chances. Uh, they're not exactly free flowing, but they create more than they did last season. That was that was the big problem they had last season was was getting chances for for the, the players up the top of the park. But he's kept, as you say, he's kept that defence. I mean, that's the three big wins have all been one nil. Yeah, which he, football people love a one nil because it means you've kept all the team out and you've you've taken your chance. You've you've won the. It's a great place for United to be, because it sounds stupid what I'm going to say, but it's a is it a great place for United to be because they're not where they want to be yet in terms of performance, but they're mm. fifth in the league. And they're winning yep. games and keeping clean sheets. Right, and, they're above Celtic in the league. Aye, that's it. Tells you something. Uh, but but, but we, 
it's what you want. If you, if if you if you're not quite the finished article, you still want to win games. Absolutely, 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 and that's that's what we're saying. I think United have got to ten points without actually, and I think Tom Courts would admit this without actually playing fantastic football. But as long as you are solid at the back, which they are, you're always going to give yourself a chance in games. And uh, you know, if Tom Courts can can find, uh, you know, a, a real sort of solution and and how he manages to get maybe just a, a wee bit more, you know, going forward, a 10% out of his players going forward, a slight tweak, and he manages to get more balls into that box and, and for, for the likes of Nicky Clark or, you know, Mark McNulty, then you think you could, you know, who knows where they could, they could end up this season. But I think just, just being where they are at this point in time, you'll be quite happy. And as you said earlier, Tom, I mean, going back to last season, it's an old saying, if it's not, not broke, then I try to fix it. You know, he had someone yeah. there. He had a solid base, and right through through the the uh, uh, close season, there was a lot of talk that United were going to be, you know, Tom Courts, you know, coming from the top down at the club, he would be sort of urged to play the young talent, and we would see a, a really youthful United side. Well, we have seen one or two coming in, and and you know they're bloody good players, but it's not been wholesale changes. He's still yeah. kept the, the backbone of that that solid team. So he's, you know, he's he's just he's just pointing them in the right direction at this point in time, and he's he's doing a fantastic job. And uh, United fans, I hope that it continues. I mean, you talked about the young players there. I, I thought I must admit again, it's not like me to be negative, but I saw that I saw the team on Sunday, and I thought a sixteen-year-old making his debut. But it, it, I looked, I watched Kerr Smith at right back during the game, and he actually reminded me of a 28 or a 29-year-old making his debut. Just from the point of view that there were several times he got the ball, there was a wee bit of space in front of him, he took some of it, but he turned back and made sure he mm-hmm. found a teammate. Because, and that keeps him calm, and that give, and his confidence grows as the game goes on. Just because he's no, he's no done anything, he's no left himself exposed by being caught away up the park, Early on, he's no played a pass that's let Dundee break on United, and I'm sure, I'm sure some of the experienced players uh, had a word with him. But credit to the manager as well; he, it was it was a very, very impressive debut uh, from a boy that they, uh, they might not keep for that long. I see they're saying it, it, it was a tough start for him as well. Because uh, Dundee got a bit of success down that left, George yeah. Marshall was was getting a lot of space. So I was kind of—I don't—it looked like Dundee were maybe targeting that area. That's an area they're strong in themselves. So to get through that, and then that uh, kind of route for Dundee, it didn't really happen again much uh, throughout the rest of the game. And that that speaks a lot for the young lad coming in. Because um, mm. it'd be easy that sixteen-year-old and Oh, you're a bit under the caution of Derby and your head goes down. That didn't seem to happen. He just kept going, didn't he? Ah, so easy. You saw something. I mean, Charlie Mulgrew, for example, who had a very, very good game defensively, and that's what he's there for. But And he went very close when he had a shot from a free kick, but he put a couple of... I mean, he's a great passer of the ball, Charlie Mulgrew, and he, he, he put a couple of free kicks out on the full when he's obviously aiming for about the, the penalty box. Now, you... He must have. He must have been thinking. Well, have I got the wrong boot on here, or something like that? When he did, and he only did it a couple of times. He, as I say, I thought he had an excellent game, but but that's what derbies can do. 
due to even the most experienced player, the wee bit of adrenaline, suddenly suddenly the ball's flying 10, 15 yards further than you mean it to. And I, I thought I thought the lad Smith was very, very impressive. Can I just say, Tom, I, I, I don't like putting a lot of weight on the young lad. He's only 16. But he reminded me, just as the, the, the way he conducted himself on the park and his composure on the ball and, and his actual stature as well because he's a big lad, you know. He reminded me of Dave Neary. Now, oh God. <laughs> Dave, uh, no pressure. You, you could say that Dave Neary is the, the greatest ever player to, to come out of this city. You know, I don't for, want to put a lot of pressure on I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kerr. I'm sorry, Kerr, for maybe putting the hex on you here. But he did. He, he, he showed a lot of the, the, the touches. Kept it simple. Like you said, it was a tough start for him. I think Dundee had a wee bit of success. But after that, he looked really composed and he kept his shape and he got the ball. He never tried anything ridiculous. He never tried to, to take a man on when he, you know, when it wasn't on. He just kept it simple, passed the ball. and looked really assured. And uh, you're right, there's a bright, bright future for him. You know, it's, you know it's, it's, it's hard to believe that he is only 16. But when you look at the stature of him, this lad looks as though he is built to go. You know, that's another. He looks physically. I mean, he'll, he'll, yeah. he'll get bigger, but physically, yeah. he, did, he didn't look like a sixteen-year-old playing no. in a man's game. Yeah, yeah. So he's got, he's got, he's certainly got the stature to 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 move on to a higher level. But I, I, I see Tom Courts is, you know, taking baby steps with him and urging him. Obviously, you know, very early in his career, mm. and he'd be better served staying at Tardy certainly, you know, in in the short term. Hopefully, it's in the longer term as well for for. Dundee United and the, and the fans there and we get to see him because uh, he looks as though he's a real, real talent. Yeah, I I, I would hope he'd stay. It's, it's very difficult because the, such as the, I see you who Southampton are one of the clubs interested in. Even that, a, a sort of mid-range English Premiership club, even a Championship club down there. You saw Jamie Robson go to Lincoln what were they League mm-hmm. One. It's it, it's very difficult because it's it can be such a short career uh, for players but in terms of purely learning his trade I would think the first team experience uh, he could get at United over the next two or three, four years hopefully, would and he would still then only be 20, would serve him so well if he stays yeah. fit because then he then he could move on and, and be in terms of experience a player two or three old years older than it actually says on his birth certificate. Right. Well, we've seen it quite a few times, haven't we? The players gone down south quite really early. Scott Allen was supposed to do it from United. Some yeah. a few times and they just kind of get lost, don't they? And, but then you you look, you compare with like Stuart Armstrong, obviously worked his way up and played a lot of games for United, then moved to Celtic and played a lot of games, won a bunch of stuff. And then he's been a successful Premier League player down south. So it, I don't think there's any substitute at all for the getting that match experience. It's bit well, was he sixteen? If he three years time, he'd still only be nineteen. I mean, but he, he could have a hundred games under his belt by then. Particularly from a personal point of view, because I'm old enough to have worked with him. It was nice to see Jim McLean's statue uh, unveiled on uh, Saturday night, and his wife uh, Doris was at the game and at the unveiling and looking very well. Uh, and it did also occur to me. Wasn't it nice to see a statue of a football person that actually looked like them? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's Tom, that's quite a, a striking image, isn't it? It's, Aye. It's Jim it's McLean one, standing there. It's one there people and, at our era rem- and older yeah. remember. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's a fitting tribute as well. And, you know, uh, you know, all kidding aside, um, 
long after we've gone, Jim McLean will be rem- remembered in this in this city for what he did at Dundee United, for building the club up to becoming, you know, the league champions at the world, and then a feared a feared outf- outfit throughout Europe for a, a number of years. Um, so yeah, it was nice to see that statue. It'll, you know, it's, it's taken a wee while to get here. I've got to say, I, yeah. I, I think they, they could have done it a lot sooner. But I was still I working there. when it started getting built. <laughs> or, I don't think you build statues, do you? No, no. <laughs> but they got there, and you're right. Is is Jim McLean? You could just see him. Oh, yeah. in that pose, standing on the on the touchline, you know, barking at his his side, and that was Jim McLean, wasn't it? And, Aye. Uh, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a real fitting tribute to, to a fantastic man. And I think that was acknowledged, I've got to say, by, by both sets of the fans in the city um, prior to kick-off on Sunday. There was a, there was a few Dundee boos, but, yeah. but in fairness, Jim would, ex- yeah. would expect yeah. that too. Yeah. I think I think the vast majority of Dundee fans, certainly when you get to, you know, he was the biggest sort of arts nemesis during your time as when I was a, a Dundee supporter growing up in, in the city and, you know, and United were the top team and, you know, you'd be calling him for everything under the sun. But when you when you sit back and analyse what he actually did for the club, first and foremost, you know, for his team and for Dundee United fans, but also what he did for the city as well, you know, yeah. you've got to remember he, he brought a, a, a profile to the city that, you know, we hadn't seen before in a, in a time when, you know, it wasn't the black and white era anymore or the 60s when Dundee were doing it. Not to, you know, I'm, I'm not denying Dundee's team was, was equally, you know, important. But, you know, during Jim McLean's time, things were a bit more media savvy and it was beginning, football was beginning to take off and was a far more global name. And, and Jim McLean put Dundee United and the city of Dundee on the map. Well said, sir. Well, so much for the victors. <laughs> Time to take a break and move on. United took the the delight on Sunday for Dundee. It's always despair in a derby. And is it getting worrying? What's that, six league games without a win? It's it's more worrying than it was last week, I would, I would say. Uh, surprised to see them go bottom of the league. It just kind of summed up Dundee's oh, luck what a day at the moment, was. I think. That um, Livy go and beat Celtic, um, but they are creating the chances. They had the chances on Sunday. You think Lee Griffiths with maybe another couple of games under his belt would be? It'll take them up to an, another level. I think they really miss Charlie Adam, obviously, as you would. We kind of talked about that last week, but I think the um, game missed Charlie Adam's passing ability. Yeah, exactly. But just. And the experience of being in a big game like that, putting your foot on the ball and, and playing simple passes. Uh, obviously, you you also lose those big passes that you can play that huge rakers and, and, and crossing from deep and stuff. Uh, you can see why they tried so hard to get him fit. Um, James Pig said after the game that they tried him on the Friday before, and it just it just wasn't it wasn't near enough uh, fitness. Just been up at Dens just before we recorded. Uh, He's got obviously more of a chance to play against St. Johnson this week, but it's, it's looking uh, it's very doubtful that he would he'd be able to start or anything. But he, he may well be back involved. Uh, but aye, from, from Dundee' point of view, looking at the table doesn't look very good. But they have been creating chances in every single game. They could there's a lot of games that haven't gone their way, but they could have on a different day if they taking their chances that's that's the big problem they've got at the moment they've got the talent in the squad to do it but they haven't done it yet 
here's something to get your thoughts on. Is you always think a team that gets, and I hate hate to use this, and it's it's still September, but you think of teams that are getting relegated aren't good teams, but but good teams get in trouble at the bottom of tables. Let us say, and I felt watching it on the TV. It was another game where Dundee were okay. They didn't miss any sitters, but every time I've seen them, they've failed to convert decent chances, mm-hmm. and also they make they make a mistake. They look good, they look solid, and then they make a mistake. And from my seat in my living room, the ball should have been cleared at the edge of the area on Sunday. And well done to Ian Harks of United for having a go and hitting it early because there was bodies in the way. But then I thought the goalkeeper should have saved it. And that's that's cost them a point. And even though they still wouldn't have, uh, be looking for their first win, it's a, it's a big defeat to recover from when you lose a derby. And like I say, they don't look a bad team and they don't look a, a lot, and they don't look very short of being a decent Premier League team. But if you make if you make a mistake or two a game at one end, and you're not scoring, you're going to have problems, aren't you? Yeah, they'll be disappointed. So I mean, that's I've seen them in all the league games this season, bar the one at, at Celtic Park. And you know you can you can write that one off. You can write write it off for most teams to be fair going to Celtic Park. But in all the other games, they have been competitive. Um, but they haven't picked up as many points as they should have. Now, I thought on Sunday, that was probably, bar the, bar the game at Celtic Park, that was probably their poorest display mm. against, uh, you know, f- for the games they've played in the Premier League. Now, you've got to credit United by that because you can only play as well as other, the opposition allows you to play. But I thought that was Dundee's poorest in terms of their link up to the, to the front. I thought they were really poor. I'm still not convinced that having Paul McGowan playing wide left and you know up top it works I, I think he, he lacks the legs to play in that sort of role I, I, I thought he did better when he actually moved back into, into the midfield alongside yeah. uh, Burn and uh, McGee um, whether whether there's an opportunity to maybe change that for the, for the game coming up uh, this midweek the, the cup tie whether whether James McPake will think it's time to give Sully and Sheridan uh, a run or, or get Jason Cummins alongside Griffiths. I'm still not convinced that Jason Cummins and, and Griffiths are the ideal partnership. But they need to do something. They've got a top, top striker in there in, in, in Lee Griffiths and he will score goals, but they need to they need to find chances, create chances for him to get goals. It's all right Lee Griffiths creating chances for himself. We're getting flick-ons mm. and, and knock-ons and, and, you know, shots out of nowhere. But you need to create openings for him to get him running on goal and, and, and do what he does best and sticking the ball in the net. And at this point in time, Dundee, Dundee look a wee bit incapable of doing that. So it might need a wee tweak to the system. On the other hand, what I would say is although they've lost the game on Sunday, and I, I do, you're right, Tom, I think the keeper could have done better. When I saw it in real time, I thought he might have. When I saw it on the TV, I think he'd be disappointed Adam Legsden's. Because um, he's but, a good goalkeeper. You know, yeah, he, and he's he's done a real turn for Dundee, and he'll be, he'll be disappointed in himself because I think the game was was going to it looked as though it had nothing's up written all over it at that at that point. Um, but I still think their defence is uh, still looks solid. It still looks pretty solid in there. What they've got, they don't look as though they're giving teams chances. United never had never really ran away from them, gotten behind them, and and teams aren't. But 
yeah, they're at a point now where they're going to look back at these games. The game against Motherwell when they should have picked up points. The game against Livingston when they should have really picked up three points. The game against Hibs was a, was probably a good point to get, and given the fact that uh, the scores late on, but they could have been they could have been been out of sight against Hibs yeah, early on when they had the chances. The so so the points are sitting on three. You know, ideally you, they should be looking at probably six would have been a, 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 a more accurate return. And then when you don't do that, when these games come around again now, you, you really you know you have to do something in these games now to make up for that. I've said this right from the start on these podcasts that. In general, a point a game will keep you your head above water in that division. Uh, it doesn't mean that you'll not be involved in a scrap at the end of the season, but you know, 37, 38 points will in general keep you in that in that division. And Dundee at this moment in time are, are three points behind where they need to be for that. So they've got to make that up in the games that are coming up in, in the next few weeks. And you know, we're now looking, although Jeremy McPake won't admit it. The fact they've not won a game yet, that'll be pretty on their mind. The fact that they're sitting at the bottom of the table, I mean, that just put the tin lid on at Livingston beating Celtic on Sunday. If you've <laughs> seen Livingston at Dens the week previously, you, you yeah. would never have envisaged that happening. So, But Dundee have got to find their own result from somewhere. It's up to Dundee. You can't look around at other teams and say, oh, geez, didn't see that coming, didn't see that coming. You've got yeah. to look after yourself. So it's Dundee have got to step up to the plate now and get a, a couple of results where you go, well, we didn't see that coming from Dundee there. We didn't see that three points coming up. We didn't see him picking up a point there or whatever, you know, just to get himself going again. Uh, and that's that's what James McPayton's players have to do. George, do they need to look at... I mean, I'm looking at the league table you so kindly provided us with before we started recording. And I'll look at that. I'll look at Motherwell. Motherwell are eight points ahead of Dundee in the league. And Dundee have played them in the League Cup and beat them 1-0. And they've played them in the league and lost 1-0. But you would probably say over these two games, it should have been an aggregate of maybe three or four in Dundee's favour. Yeah. Uh, and Aid, you learn you learn from well, if you you're not playing at your best, you've still got to take something from a game. You've got to mm. take your chances, or if the, if you don't have chances, don't lose. And also maybe I mean we've touched on it already. United aren't where they want to be yet in terms of style of play but they're still picking up points. And is that what Dundee have got to learn about life in the Premier League? Yeah, it's been a harsh lesson, I think. Because uh, obviously they came up full of confidence on a great run through the playoffs. And they played like... Their performances continued that, but obviously they got punished almost in every game for not taking their chances. Uh, we're talking about that. We've talked about it a lot. Um, but when you compare Mullerwell, I was scouring through the the stats uh, yesterday. Um, and Dundee have actually had... I led you into this cleverly. I know. I know it's that. It was nice. It's like you'd never been away. Um, Dundee are actually fourth on the t- table for teams that, that shots on target, which tells you they're creating enough chances to get a look at goal. They just can't get it past the keeper. Or on Sunday, <laughs> Sunday's case, it was Ryan Edwards. Uh, I think he actually made more saves than Benjamin Segrist on Sunday, I think. Um but you look at Mullerwell, they're fourth. They've had 22 shots fewer in total across all their games than Dundee, which tells you that they're taking their chances. I think they've taken 40% of their, or scored 40% of their shots on target. Dundee have scored less than 6%. That puts a lot of pressure on your defence. I mean, I, I, yeah. in, in a sense, I criticise the defence here for the goal, uh, the mistake, and they've made a few you know, one-off mistakes rather than looked shaky. Uh, they've been punished, but it does put a lot of pressure on 
your defence if if you think I don't know if you're going to score. Yeah, and they, they had a bit of disruption as well on Sunday. They lost Sweeney. He looks a good player. I thought player started too. well. Yeah, I, th- I think losing him disrupted it a bit. Fontaine came on, and Fontaine's very experienced, and you could see that at the times he got his his foot in his head, and just when it mattered, but there was a couple of times when he got beaten quite easily, and he looked like he was maybe not quite up to speed. Um, but I think I think Sweeney's slowly shown why uh, James McPig brought him up up the road from England, and you could see. He's quite a big, powerful defender. I think he's, he looks like a decent partner for Lee Ashcroft. But I think losing him was, was maybe disrupted them more than we maybe expected. But like we said, they need to find out. It's, it's the big thing for Dundee not to get too dis- disheartened. They, they have to be concerned to an extent. Uh, and, and punters like me and maybe Bear, we'll, pa- we'll panic because that's what we've always done. <laughs> we've been brought up as Dundee fans and I go, oh no, we're going down again. But it's important for them. You can't ignore your flaws or mistakes, but but they need to remain positive because there's there has been a lot of good football from them mm-hmm. so far this season, hasn't there? I definitely. Well, take I'll just steal uh, Lee Wilkie's opinion out of his column uh, from this week. It's scraping the barrel. Yeah, it's a wee bit. But <laughs> don't tell him that. He's, he's a bit big. He's bigger than me, which is uh, big. Um, he, he was. Uh, point now that obviously they missed Charlie Adam Lee Griffiths isn't 100% yet get the two of them fit and firing and in the team it's a completely different Dundee team uh, so it's you don't want to hedge all your bets on two players but there's they've got such quality in their in their boots and obviously the experience they've got as well is can only help Dundee I think I, what, my hope is we'll, we'll see the different Dundee come together and they can start taking chances as Griffiths gets more uh, minutes on his belt. Because the big problem on Sunday was they couldn't get him, couldn't get the ball to his feet. And whether that was because the the kind of creative players weren't cutting through United as much as they should have or if he's not just not quite up to speed completely and, and, and not shown as much. I, th- I think there was a bit of both. That's so I yeah, I have to keep positive. A wee bit of patience as well. I think it's only six games in. There's 30 still to go. Um, but they do need to start scoring goals. Now, it's three, go- three games in a row they've not scored a goal. Big game against St. Johnson this week, and then they've got Rangers at home. Uh, you're not going to get many chances against Rangers. And St. Johnson don't give many away either, so they're going to have to start taking chances. Is it encouraging Griffiths? He hasn't scored yet, but he's... He's had a couple of chances created for him, but he's also in both in his games against Livingston and on Sunday, I think the the the, the volley or the one he took on the drop that Seagrass pushed away. Basically, that that was Lee Griffiths because it it didn't necessarily look like there was a chance there for a shot, but he's had he's produced a couple of decent saves out of goalkeepers or blocks from defenders in these two games. He's still got that wee bit of movement, and as he gets sharper. The split second quicker he'll be could lead to goals. Yeah, it's yeah. The, the, the amount of goals he's scored in his career and the ability we all know he's got that it's going to happen. And you could see, as you mentioned, with those chances, he, he maybe won uh, won that header against Shelley Mulgrew the week before against Livy because he's just had that extra that game under his belt, and you could see it 
in him that he's getting stronger and, and more up to speed. But you could also see he was getting pretty frustrated on Sunday with some of the the service he was getting. There was a lot of long balls that that's just, he he can win them, but it's not really his strength. You need to get the ball to his feet. That's that's their big big task. Um, like I say, that I think that's the the derby well and truly uh, analysed, and maybe it's time to move on and look ahead. Whether you won or lost, United and Dundee need to forget the the derby very quickly, don't they? Because they've got big midweek games and big league games this weekend. It's exactly the type of games you want to be involved in. I think James McPake said it a couple of times over the past few days that they could have been heading to Air United this week rather than playing a a cup quarterfinal and then hosting Rangers on Saturday. They're daunting tasks, both of them. But as we've talked about, Dundee are, are playing okay. Uh, just at both ends of the park, they're, they're, they need things to go, go their way a wee bit more or make things go go their way. Uh, that'll be the way they'll be looking at it. St. Johnson first day in there. Tough, a tough one. Um, yeah. Got their first win in the league at the weekend. And a bit, a bit like United, seems to be they're a 1-0 team, aren't they? I, they're extremely well set up on, under Callum Davis, and that, that, that I was really impressed with them. When I first saw them live last season. Uh, I was hugely impressed by the way they're set up. But they've lost a couple of key players, which I think D- Dundee will like to try and make the most of. Jason Kerr's obviously gone; he's the captain. Alan McCann's gone from midfield, so the, I mean the one maybe not quite the side they were. But what was that? And then the one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's strange, but. Um, They'll be a really tough team to beat. That's you get from this St. Johnson team. But they give you nothing. Uh, but if you look back at the game, the, the, the two teams obviously met on St. Johnson's route to the Scottish Cup last season. It was a very tight game. It ended up 1-0, as you say, uh, St. Johnson. Dundee missed a penalty and, and felt they had a, a goal unjustly chalked off. Had chances that day and it was a pretty tight game. I expect it to be tight again. It's... Fine margins that haven't been going Dundee's way, but they have gone their way in the cup. So they'll be hoping that maybe just stepping away from the league stuff might be in their favour. And you never know; they might end up at Hamden. It's been a wee while since that happened. Yeah, it's, it's a massive. Yeah, that's a massive card, George. I'm glad you glad you mentioned that there. I mean, that, that should be what James McPeak is saying to his players in the changing room. And obviously, St Johnston have a scalp. Who are going to stop St Johnston and hogging up domestic? Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, they've been unbelievably good, and they are that one. They'll win it. Petorio suggests that they're, you know, just they're the same St Johnston that, that did did so well last season. Tight at the back, well capable of going up and pinching a goal, and well capable of holding on to that one nothing lead right to the last whistle. You know, so it's going to be a big, big game for Dundee. But the, the car of getting back to Hamden, I, I, I'm thinking back now. It must be was it 2005, 2004, 2005, maybe. Yeah. Great, was it? Was, was it, it Gretna, Tom? It was Gretna. Was it Gretna? Yeah. I think it was. I think it was. Was it Gretna? Because Gretna went yeah, to the Gretna. final. We got Dundee got. Gino. It was one of these. Yeah. It was a disappointing day. I think it was an early <laughs> kickoff at Hamden Park. And the, the big day out, it was all over, you know, by about one o'clock in the afternoon because Gretna, Gretna strolled it. I'm afraid Dundee were playing. Dundee had a lot of kids on the park as well. But only thing I remember about that semi final, other than Dundee got beat, was uh, the press box at Hamden. Well, Surrounded by Gretna-ish fans 
George was probably one of them because he's from that sort of <laughs> old But all, I remember, I remember two guys came in late and they had big flags and they were waving the flags, shouting, "Come on, Gretna!" And somebody went, "They're Dundee flags you've bought." <laughs> <laughs> that would maybe some summed up yeah. the size of Gretna's support, our yeah. weekly support. Yeah. But but it's been too long, Tom. I mean, Dundee yeah. shouldn't be Dundee shouldn't be no, going fifteen go years without getting a hand in part for a a semi semi final. Yeah. Remember when we were kids? They used to go every year and get yeah. beat by Celtic. It was like a date in the diary. I actually thought that I thought Dundee had to play Celtic in a semi final at Hamden and lose in the early seventies. I never realised you actually had to win games to do that. To be fair, that was in the days when the semi final draw tended to be done behind closed doors, and Rangers and Celtic remarkably were kept apart about five or six years on the bounce. You know, Dundee played Celtic about five or six years on the bounce and got beat in the semi finals. But and an enticing one for United on that traditional. Cup quarter final evening Thursday. <laughs> What's that about? Well, exactly. That's the nature of the beast nowadays. We've yeah. sold our soul. We've sold our soul to the live television broadcasters, and uh, you play when they say. But it should be another cracking game. United fans will be up for it, obviously, after the derby when Hibs will pose a different, you know, a different test to them than Dundee. Hibs possibly obviously. the most consistent team since the start of the season. Well, no, Rangers have more points. So. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Rangers, Rangers shop at a different Rangers shop <laughs> at Tesco, Hibs shop at Asda, like the rest of the teams other than Celtic. That was a, no off- no offense to Asda, and other supermarkets <laughs> are available. But just from the point of view that Rangers, I've seen Stephen Gerrard express disappointment and their lack of consistency, yeah. and they're not where they were last season, in his his opinion. But Hibs. Hibs have been churning out the performances. I like I like Hibs because I think they're a good. If, if they're on the TV, I'll watch them because I think they're mm. a good site to watch because they're, they're really you know attack minded and they've got threats left, right, and centre. But also the leak goals at the back, yeah. which makes it makes <laughs> for like an you interesting play, don't you? you saw yeah. it in the Dundee game. That was a great yeah. great game to watch. That not because Dundee scored two goals for once mm. and got a draw. It was a good <laughs> open game, and that's yeah. Hibs, isn't it? It seems to be Jack Ross's philosophy, and why not? I mean, I, th- I always think if you've, I mean, if, I would, I would suggest that Hibs' biggest, you know, asset is their striking talent, Boyle and you know Nisbet. I'm not sure if the guy Dodge is, is is still injured. I don't, I don't know. But they've got threats. They've got McGinnis obviously sitting in behind. They've got um, the guy on the left. I can't remember his name at this point in time. That they can play. They've got threats up front though, and it, why not? If you think you can out- outscore somebody, then go for it. So it'll be interesting to see can United cope with that. But can they also find a bit more room for yeah. for like say McNulty and maybe might maybe, help them playing against but, such yeah, an open team? Yeah, absolutely. And obviously McNulty playing against his old team, which mm-hmm. is always a we added uh, aspect to it. I'd always fancy him against the team that gives you gives you space because he's a clever. Yeah. He, he he drifts into areas. He's a clever player, McNulty, isn't he? Sorry, it was Jamie Murphy. I was actually, I was actually couldn't remember his name. Yeah. Sorry, Jamie. Um, but yeah, you can see, you can see both the, the the cup ties going all the way. It's extra time and, and penalty kicks. Shut your eyes and hope for the best sort of thing. But um, <laughs> so what you're saying is United could 
Well, United's great defensive record, uh, but lack of goals. They might end. They might end up playing Friday and Sunday this week. <laughs> <laughs> might go on it's, forever. I don't like, think they have replays anymore. Tom, come on. Yeah, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't times. it be fantastic though if, if both city clubs got through and got drawn against one another at Hamden Park? Wouldn't that be terrific? Or would they move it? Would they move it to one of the city grounds? There you go. Nineteen eighty. Aye. Could Bob Valentine referee? Yeah. Well. <laughs> There's a there, there's no, a there's a historical a fact for you. Could you referee in 1980 was a crowd? <laughs> so, oh, sorry, sorry, bit Bob, if you're listening. Bit of bias an old colleague in there, an old yeah, colleague, an, especially an yours. old colleague of ours at DC uh, Thompson's. I've got to say, Bob, Bob uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be me off the Christmas card list. Dundee fans and elephants never forget, Pierre. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I remember that day. But then the two of them have got the old firm, and again, yeah. to to drag a. A saying from the past now, no worse time to get the old firm after they've had disappointing performances. Rangers held by Motherwell on their flag day and, and Celtic losing at Livingston. Thanks for that. <laughs> I always think that the old firm are, are, are a wee bit, you know, they've always got a chance against them, especially when they come back from a, a European night. I think it takes its toll on, on Rangers and Celtic, but, you know, they'll not have that this week, so... And they're looking for the bounce back effect. So Dundee and Dundee, I think they'll be up against it. But as Jim, uh, sorry, Jim McPeak, James McPeak has already said. Oh, Jimmy, you, you uh, won't mind. James McPeak has already said, George, as you've alluded to, would you rather be playing Rangers or yeah. going to Somerset Park to play Air yeah. United? You know, that's, I mean, no disrespect to Air United. <laughs> We've been down there a few times and had a good day out. But yeah, you know where you'd rather be. And this is, this is, this is what it's all about. It's up to Dundee to step up to it. And I think, George, you, you know better than the other two of us, James McPeak will probably have a go against them, won't he? He showed that on Sunday with his subs. Well, that, he definitely went for it. It was still 0-0 and he was he was thrown on the strikers. He wanted all three points. He, he's never afraid as a man or as a manager to to try things, so it really wouldn't surprise me if, if he looked to put a bit of pressure on Rangers because, as you say, they've, they've not exactly been... Uh, well, they were... Out, outstanding last season they haven't yeah. quite met yeah, that level should, yet I think in fairness to them we should point out all things are relative they're comparing themselves yeah. to last season exactly when they were when they were they were uh, they were a definition of consti- uh, constituency consistency is what I'm trying <laughs> I didn't even say it that time consistency <laughs> um, uh, they really were and I, it, me, I'm saying James yeah. McPake will have a go always a wee bit harder uh, to have a go when you're going through there to play the old firm. So Tam Court, Tam Courts, I don't think will throw caution to the wind. So Celtic are a different team at Celtic Park. I, yeah. I was amazed when I saw the start that they hadn't won away domestically in seven months, which seems ridiculous for a Celtic team. But yeah. at home, they're. I was there for the Dundee match. They were unplayable that day. That was the first time they had a big support, and you could there was a big difference there. I, th- I think it might be a tough one for, for United. As, as poor as Celtic were last weekend, they just seem to be completely different on that pitch and with with the big fan base behind it. And obviously United won't have any fans, which seems outrageous to me. And there's a vulnerability about, or, a, or a fragility about Celtic just now. I, I, and I must admit, I stumbled, I stumbled across it and it was a very enjoyable game when they were playing in Spain in whichever Europa competition it is that they're in. But they went 2-0 up. And I'm not blowing my own trumpet here. They went 2-0 up and and, and the commentary team were 
lauding them and stuff like that. And I thought, you know what? I think they're going to get beat. And they, they, they went 2-0 up and missed a couple of great chances in the first half hour of that game at uh, Real Betis last week. But when they didn't have... The, then they were good on the ball, but when they didn't have the ball, they just looked like they could lose goals mm. uh, at any time. It's, it was strange. And fairness to them, from, they went from 2-0 to 4-2 down, up to 4-2 down. And actually from there, they were a wee bit unlucky not to get get a point out of that game, but there, there's there's something about them that yeah. I think if something goes wrong, something else will go wrong because they do look quite fragile. Yeah, I think Ange Postacoglu is still trying to strike a balance with that, with that team. And, you Great know, pronunciation with, there. I can't yeah. say consistency. I can spell it too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think he's got he's got a problem on his hands. He'll, he'll score goals and, and leak goals. And then, obviously, one thing you've got to say, Tom, is that 1-0 away defeat to Livingston is is not acceptable for Celtic and, and their, their massive fan base. Um, so they need they need the result against United. So it's going to be tough. It'll be tough for Dundee United. But the, United the Celtic fans, what, although they, were, they lost yeah. to a team that hadn't looked like winning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Uh, I mean, I, I think Neil Lennon. I mean, was that not his downfall at a defeat to a Livingston cost him in the end? Yeah. Uh, I, I might be wrong. It was certainly close to the end when he, when he, but I'm not saying Ange Postacoglu's got to say it again because I can pronounce that. <laughs> Here you go. Um, go and write it on you know, a, bit, a bit of paper and hold that up as well. <laughs> he knows, he knows what he's got to do. And, um, you know, it's, it's only, there's only one place. An experienced this, manager, this isn't season. he? Yeah, he is. He is. And I, I, you know, and I think you'll get them going. But hopefully, Dundee United, it'll be a real, real test for, for them and for Tam Courts. But they're here. They're sitting on 10 points. Why not? They, they could go there with a bit of confidence in the, in the fact that they've, they've kept clean sheets in a number of games this season. And they, they've just got to go there, like most teams, and make it a really, really, really tough for Celtic. Give nothing away. And United are capable of doing that. I think it will be a long afternoon for if it's Mark McNulty up there plowing, plowing a lone funnel yeah. up, up, up the I'll, top. And you know, uh, it could be a case of you do the first 60 minutes and Nicky Clark will do the, do the next 30. But uh, no, it'll be interesting to see how the, how the City Club's fare against Old Firm. So really, boys, although it's against my natural negative instincts, what we're saying is you'll hear from us next week when Dundee and United are semi-finalists in the League Cup and they've beaten the old fun. <laughs> and the band played. Bye now. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, or... Go to the telly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door.